What is up, guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. This week, we're joined by my buddy Colin Shable, and we go over the giant whitetail he killed this year in archery season. Just super excited for him. This episode is going to be great for guys that don't have the super tenure of years in the outdoors. Uh, we go through it in the podcast. Colin started archery hunting about six, seven years ago and has taken his licks over the years, did all his homework, and this is what he earned from it. It doesn't take a guy to be a 20-year vet to be able to kill a giant buck like this, and Colin is living proof of how you can do so. This episode will go over deer hunting and feelings towards Pennsylvania hunting as a whole. As for me lately, no complaints. Been doing a lot of really, really good fishing, and the trout fishing's been wonderful. Honestly, just superb season uh, with the weather being the way it is and it being kind of chilly. Uh, for a while here, the water is really cold. They're very active, and the native stream fishing for me has been totally crazy good. Uh, I took a little bit of a drive after hunting Saturday morning. I had a turkey come down out of the tree, 50 yards, couldn't get a good shot at him, and he worked his way towards some other birds that were gobbling. So um, get back after it this Saturday, try to get a bird on the ground. Uh, but I was able to catch actually 24 native trout and one wild brown. I had one hell of a day. I can't wait to go back. And if you guys are wondering where I went, it was by the old tree near the big rock. <laughs> That's about all the information you'll get out of me. But I hope you guys really enjoy the show. Thank you so much for the support and uh, hope you enjoy. With us today, we're joined by Mr. Colin Shable, the Itine Assassin. How about that one, mister? <laughs> How's it going, Marcus? Thank, thanks for the introduction. I, I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, man, uh, like for you to introduce yourself, um, just kind of put it out there, let everybody know who you are, where you're from, and kind of how you were brought up or, you know, how you became the outdoorsman that you are. Yeah, no problem. So my name is Colin Shable. I currently live in Dauphin County, Pennsylvania. Um, I grew up in West Central Pennsylvania, uh, moved out here going on almost two years ago now. And uh, just uh, I work in the outdoor industry. I work at Kinsey's Archery Products and dealer sales. So I, uh, I do that. So it's kind of cool. I get to you know associate my passion with my work every day. So right. enjoy doing that work. We do, you know, obviously working in sales, we now do firearms and stuff. So it's cool. It's a new aspect to everything else. And what better year to, you know, sell, sell guns, but during a pandemic and an ammo shortage. So yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> what, can you, what can you do? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do, I do a lot of hunting. Uh, I used to fish a lot, not, not so much anymore, but uh, I just kind of focus a lot of my time on uh, on uh, on hunting and the little bit of time I do get off, um, I try to do a lot of that. Um, I didn't grow up hunting, actually. Um, I didn't start hunting until I was a senior in high school uh, when I met my fiance. Um, her family is kind enough to kind of teach me the ropes and let me know how everything goes and let me tag along with a couple hunts with them. And it uh, I've just been hooked on it ever since. Yeah. So it's... that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. And I, uh, I guess I can be somewhat interesting in a way, but. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, and it sounds like, you know, you caught the bug and it seems to get us all at some point, whether it's, you know, hunting, fishing or whatever. It's like once you're introduced or someone shows you at one time, you, you just can't get enough of it, you know, and that, that's, that's why you know, you're on the podcast and it's like word vomit. As soon as you start talking about it, you just need more, you know? Oh yeah. No, it's, it's definitely got me bit pretty bad. Cause even when I say I'm done and I give up, I just uh, I can't seem to stop. So <laughs> right. I, I limits at times. It's kind of like you put all that time in, and then you're like, man, I'm just so tired. I'm so beat, or you know, I need a nap or whatever. And it's like one day goes by, and you're like, oh, I just I need more. <laughs> yeah, that's I used to do that a lot when I was younger. I used to not. I used to skip morning hunting because I couldn't get up and do it. But now it's all I live for. Yeah. I uh, I can I can't. I don't take a day for granted anymore. And right. I, I went September to January now, so it's it's a long year. Absolutely, man. Um, all right. Well, uh, what kind of what kind of hunter would you say you are as far as um whitetail hunting, um archery, rifle? Are you mobile? Are you more stationary? Do you hunt public? Do you hunt private? What's kind yeah, of so, yeah? What's kind of like your background? Yeah, so I used to be the type of guy I used to take my climber out in the woods and. I used to, you know, lug that thing up trees and try to get up straight trees and find them. But right. a lot of places I hunt, they're just not there. 
Um, so I, you know, I hunted with walk-ons in the past as well. And, um, I, a couple of years ago, I had, a, I have a lone wolf, uh, I had a lone wolf, uh, lock-on stand of the set of mobile sticks. And I started off with that. And then as the saddle game kind of came into bouts, I kind of got interested in seeing what it was about. And I went and I bought one. I, I started off, I got like a trophy line just to kind of, you know, see how they'd work. Cause they're a little cheaper. Right. And I liked it a lot, but I just needed some more features. So I actually went and bought a tethered last year and I think I sat in it every hunt, but two hunts this year. So primarily just mobile hunt now, um, just with the time I have. A lot of my scouting that I do is, you know, hanging cameras and um, I have a lot of cell cams out in the woods. And But a lot of it I have to rely on, you know, trying to find places to hunt and sign to hunt. So I take my setup in and out every time now and I do that now on public ground primarily. Right. Um, I, hunt, I hunt one small, like I it's talking to you earlier off the podcast. I, I used to hunt a piece of private property, um, but it's being sold this year. So more than likely we'll lose access to that. Um, so that kind of stinks, but I, I didn't hunt it much anyway. And, um, I do hunt, I did hunt that. Um, I also hunt Maryland a lot. So I, uh, I, uh, hunt primarily private ground there and, um, a little bit of public there, but primarily private there. So I do a little bit of both. Right. So as for what kind of hunting I like to do, I've gone hunt here and there a little bit. It's just, I burn a lot of my vacation time hunting archery season. So kind of rely on trying to get it done then and probably hunt gun season primarily on the weekends or if I get off early or something, I can sneak out for the evening hunt, but right. So you, you primarily, you like to try to keep your, your vacation time and, and your more of your free time to try to use it, use uh, a bow or in, in archery season. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so that's, pretty much how it goes i only get 10 days off a year so kind of got i'm kind of limited in that regard so i got to make it happen try to take off you know thursdays and fridays or maybe a monday so i can make an extended weekend and kind of do it to where i can but for the most part i just i don't have a whole lot of time to get out and hunt unfortunately and primarily weekend warrior now i was in college for five years and i was living it up then i was hunting every day skipping class but but now i'm limited on time so i guess I remember them days too. That was <laughs> that was real nice to be able to just uh, hey, uh, I ain't feeling real well and I ain't coming to class. Which, I mean, with the COVID, boy, I, these college students that are hunters today, they're they're making out like bandits. I know some of them who did. Right. I'm not gonna mention it. Right. I, I know. Right. Use that as a good excuse. <laughs> yeah. Can't say I blame them. Right. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um. Well. So you said you, you, when you were growing up, like you weren't really introduced to hunting until you said probably about seven or seven or eight years ago. Um, how hard of a learning curve do you think it was for you to, to enter the outdoors then? Is it something that you're slowly gaining on? Is it something you think you caught fast or is there things that you would like to build on and, and that you're certain, certain somethings that you'd like to learn a little bit better? Yeah. So, I mean, really growing up, I mean, I was, you know, I obviously I had to find something to do with the time that I had because I didn't grow up hunting. Uh, so I was involved with sports and stuff. So I always kind of had that competitive mind state. Um, I, I knew that, uh, I always wanted to do better, make, push myself harder. And I kind of just transitioned that attitude for whenever, you know, obviously you graduate high school, if you don't do anything in college, I mean, you got to find something to do. Or you're probably not going to be able to adapt to that change. Well, and I mean, hunting just was one of those things that just came kind of, I wouldn't say naturally to me, but the interest of it definitely came, you know, like it was second nature. Um, I definitely uh, still don't, I still won't admit that I know everything. That's not true in any sense. I, I try to learn something every day. And I mean, the biggest thing I think was just the biggest learning curve was just understanding how hard of work it is. And, you know, when you're hunting, you know, a highly pressured state like the one we're in and hunting primarily pri or public ground. I mean, I mean, there's going to be obstacles you got to overcome and, I guess trying to learn how to do better than what other people are doing is something I'm still trying to adapt to. Um, whether that be, you know, better, better at scouting, picking time wisely, hunting better parts of the year, um, trying to become a better, you know, woodsman and understanding what the deer are eating and what kind of bedding habitat they are, and how pressure affects them and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm still trying to learn to this day, but um, I certainly have a lot to learn yet, I think. And, growing up i was definitely at a disadvantage not you know growing up and being able to hunt you know my, my whole life but um i wouldn't say that uh i i use it as an excuse or anything so right yeah it's i you know i i'm i'm on the total other spectrum of it where you know i was just raised into it and it just come easy to me um but mm -hmm. i do think 
that one thing that would help somebody in your um in in your position is when you're brought up a certain way, you kind of mm-hmm. learn to hunt that way. And you're not mm-hmm. you're not really as open to learning mm-hmm. different things. And in your position, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, I have to try this because I don't know if it'll work or not. And it's not like you're going to just doubt it right away. You know, you're just going to dive into it. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I think that um, being able to try to find different ways has definitely helped me in that sense. And I mean, I had some great mentors over the years. My fiance's family are great people. And um, they, they've done a great job with helping me out and understanding and put, putting up with some of the bull crap that I had to probably overcome over the last couple of years. But, right, right, uh, which is which, but, which is always hard. It kind of gave me like a little bit of a background on stuff. I mean, I took my own twist on certain things. I, you know, I, I adapted to what they were doing and certain other things. So, I mean, really, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm, it, if anything, not growing up hunting, it's made me more flexible on how to hunt, what to hunt, and how to do everything else. So, I mean, it, it definitely had some somewhat of a benefit. Absolutely. Um, well, that's pretty, pretty good introduction for you, man. Let's jump into, uh, do you want to talk about this year's season? Would you like to talk about, uh, any other seasons, uh, before that? Um, any, anything, you know, if you want to talk about this year, I, I, I know, uh, I know that you had a hell of a year. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I will we'll talk about last year because it was kind of kind of rough. Okay, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll build it up. I got you. We'll we'll start off on a we'll start off on a good note. Okay. We'll talk about, it but, but I'll sum it up. So basically, last year I I put a lot of my eggs into one basket hunting two specific deer. Um, one of them of which uh, was killed in firearm season the second day that I spent a lot of time hunting and obsessing over and. I, uh, I actually took a couple of days off to go hunt down in Maryland last year. And two of the three days I was down there, he was in daylight right in front of the spot I'd be hunting. And, uh, if I were to have cell cams at that point, I probably would have made a d- different decision, but, um, I guess that was my opportunity. I missed October 24th, 10 AM and like 25th at like 2 PM, um, must've been a doe or something in the area that he was, you know, looking for. And, uh, guy on a neighboring property got him good for him. I, I was upset about it, but you know, maybe it pushed me to do better this year. Uh, so I started off this year, hunted opening day down in Maryland at whatever their opening weekend was. I think it's the first Saturday in September. Um, I went down there and hunted with my cousin guy and we, we hunted this one piece of private and right off the bat, first thing in the morning, I had like nine does and a four point in front of me. So it's crazy. Started the year off like that. And after a heck of a time getting up in this one tree and, I, uh, I got set up right at daylight and shot a, beat, a nice sized doe, start the year off opening day there and kind of took it easy because it was hot down there for a couple weeks and hunted just, just focused on hunting back in Pennsylvania, scouting and opening day. I had an encounter with a really nice buck. Um, I think he was a little bit younger, but I definitely would have shot him. I wasn't, I wasn't hesitating if so. And, uh, ended up, he dark deered me. I stayed in the tree 30 minutes after light thought he was away and I lowered my bow and hit the ground and off he went running. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess definitely part of the game. Yep. Yeah. Two weeks later after opening day, I, I found this one spot and it's kind of a new area to me, but um, it looked good. I mean, I could tell the deer were frequenting a lot. I had about 10 cameras on the specific piece of public and I had some deer in the area and I uh, had a crazy morning. I was going to get down and all of a sudden I heard a crunch and there's a couple of does walking towards me and, end up being 10 different does all all together which if you're from pennsylvania on the public ground that's definitely um something that's not not a lot of people are used to seeing and i ended up shooting a really nice sized doe it made a little bit of a marginal shot on her but um some good good friends to help me track um we uh found her piled up in the creek bed got her out and uh Got uh, two weeks. Actually, it seems like everything worked well in two weeks. Two weeks later, you know, I hunted every weekend I could. I drive and you know about three hours one way to go hunt, and uh, I found a found another spot that I really liked. It was new to me as well. I was having some tough times getting on bucks, and the scrapes weren't really that active where I was hunting. So I went to another new piece, and it was misty morning. I almost actually slept in. Thank God for my fiance's grandfather. He kicked me out of bed, told me to get up, get going, and I I got up. It was cold and. I, uh, I was thinking about getting down and I mean, right around nine 30, I heard something crashing in this thick stuff. And, uh, I saw a doe run out and I was like, Oh man, I, it's that time of year. It's October 29th, you know, or, or October 30th. 
um, one of those two days, I can't remember offhand, but uh, definitely uh, got caught my eye seeing that doe running kind of frantically. And I looked up, pulled my binoculars up, looked behind her, and there's a, a giant buck chasing her. And behind him, there's three other nice bucks. There's four bucks chasing this one doe total. Yeah. He was kind of running just frantically. She was scared. I mean, right. didn't know what to do. And so I, I like grabbed my grunt too, and I grunted, and she ran right up to me, like 43 yards. I was like, man, like, like what's going to go on? And the big buck, he, I don't know if he, my wind was kind of off. I'm not sure if he thought something was up, but he was still a little bit, he wasn't in that zombie mode yet where he was running right up behind right. chasing her. Now, he hung back. Now, now he, paint, paint the picture a little bit better as far as, so, yeah. so you're in a, you're in a saddle and, yeah. and you're, you're facing, or is this, is this to your one o'clock? Is this, you know, what, which, which direction are you looking at, at these? Yeah. These so this be, yeah. So this would be my strong side. So, it would have been probably till 11 o'clock. Okay. Um, so I kind of boogied around the tree and I was ranging like crazy. I was like, I'm not letting this deer get away. I was like, after the last couple of tough years I had, I'm, I'm not letting this deer get away. Right. Uh, so I was in my saddle. I, you know, I was probably like 12 foot off the ground only just in a pine tree. Mm-hmm. Um, had a couple branches to give me some backdrop behind my back. But uh, I was in there hunting the edge of this thick stuff and a creek bottom. And, uh, this big buck comes out chasing this doe with, with three other bucks. So it, it all heck, heck was kind of breaking loose. This big buck was fighting off these little bucks and trying to keep an eye on her at the same time. He was thrashing trees, all kinds of crazy stuff. And the doe started getting a little nervous. Cause like, she's what the heck's going on? This is wild. What's going on around me. And, uh, she ended up trotting back a little bit and she was like 51 yards and the big buck come running up. He, I ranged him the first time. He's at 80 yards. Like, man, that's far. I was like, no way I'd shoot that with my bow. I was like, I practice at 60 all the time at work. We have a full archery range at work. So I was like, I practice every day at that distance. No, I'm confident at that if he comes to that. Well, he comes trotting up when, you know, he trots up like 17 yards, 63 yards. His eyes were locked on this doe. And I'm like, she's headed the other way. I was like, I know there's other people hunting this one piece of public. I said, he might go right up to them and I might never get a shot at him again. So he ran up in this little cluster of hemlock trees and, there was a good opening and his head was behind the lead tree and I ranged his body three different times, 63, 63, 63. I dialed my sight to that. I'm like, well, if he doesn't move, this deer is done. Now or never. So, now or never. That's exactly That's it. Right. So I dialed, <laughs> drew back, anchored, settled the pin, shot and it smacked. And I heard <laughs> the doe was blowing. The doe was blowing. She didn't, she must've, Saw, saw that he did something funny that she didn't like and she didn't do anything and myself i was i was jacked up i was like man i don't even know what just happened I was like did i did i hit this deer like i couldn't tell by the sound because it was so far right but i knew i knew i watched my knock and i watched the knock come you know right behind the armpit and um i started called some buddies and had had my good friend tim he come he come and helped me out and now we went back the phone calls was, that you that you had to make and what kind of phone calls are we talking are we oh. Huff and puff phone calls. <laughs> oh yeah, I was I was a wreck. My knees were smacking off the tree, and it was cold already. So my, there, it was like me myself chatter. You know, your teeth chatter uh-huh. whenever you're like that. Absolutely. I, it was it was wild, man. I but uh, I called Tim, and he's like, "Okay, meet me at so and so's house." And we went. You know, I met him, and you know, we took my truck down, and I was like, "All right, this is the spot I shot him. Shot him at." He's like, "He's like, go climb up that tree right now, so you can point me to where you're at." I was like, man, I, I was like, I know where he was kind of at, I knew the general area. And uh, good thing we went to the spot we did, because like where a spot he would have been at, we might have been a little bit lost. But right. We went to this other spot, and he noticed something like look a little bit funny over out of the corner of his eye. He like was trying to like give me the idea, like, hey, look this way. And right. myself, I was too in the moment. I, was, I got I was, you. He he could see the deer. Worried. I got you. I was worried sick, and he saw a deer bellied up. And right. He, like. He's like, does it look like he ran over this log? I was like, man, I don't even know where I don't even know where he was exactly at. I was like, I don't know. Like I was just so in the moment, and he's like, he's dead over there, dude. And he, and he just like ran towards him. He like he was like couldn't hold the anticipation. And we both ran up, and we were just kind of out of sh- kind of at a loss for words. I mean, the, the deer, the picture, all kind of pictures we have. I mean, you could definitely tell this deer was nice, but the, uh, the it didn't give the deer justice. And, I mean, it's, it was, it was an awesome feeling. And 
after so many years of hunting, I mean, I, I shot some okay bucks, but I never, never shot anything kind of the, anything near this degree. So now the deer, this deer, I know you said you had trail camera pictures of them. Is this the, mm-hmm. is it, were you hunting this deer specifically? Um, there's a couple nice ones in the area. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't hunting. I mean, I kind of just wanted to, sh- my, I came in this season knowing I didn't have a lot of time to hunt. Right. Um, I switched jobs midway through the year. So that kind of hurt my you know vacation time and everything else. So I wasn't really, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of time to hunt. I got you. Um, so I, I said, Hey, my expectations this year is like a, a hundred inch deer or better. And I, I kind of blown these expectations away with the one I got this year. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that. But, uh, yeah, I didn't have too high of expectations. There's two other deer that were really nice in the area I would have got, I would have shot, but, um, I, this one happened to be the one that gave me opportunity first. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Now, um, when you, when you took the shot, which you said you, was, was it, was it at 11 o'clock also? It was the shot at 11 o'clock or were you facing a different way? So it was, it was pretty much 12 o'clock. So it was right directly behind the tree. Gotcha. So thankfully saddle, you can get it. You can shoot 360 around the tree. And I got on the side of my predator and I put my knees up against the tree mm-hmm. and it gave me like a rest. Um, and I shoot a back bar and stuff. So, I mean, my bow is pretty stable and uh, I just held it right on him and, you know, just squeezed off, you know try to be as calm as I could pretending I was, you know, just shooting in the backyard for X's, you know, targets. And I drilled him. I, I actually shot him straight, straight through the heart. And, um, at that distance, he only ran like 45 yards. I think we, we had it at, yeah. he ran. That's awesome. No, ran nose diving the whole way through a brush pile. And he laid up right up underneath the tree and he expired right there. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, now, I know you said that you were a nervous wreck and, you know, before you guys had found him and whatnot. Now, mm-hmm. is that coming from experience? Is that, is that something that you've, have you lived through? Have you, have you wounded a, a deer and not got it? Yeah, I've, I definitely have done that before. Not, not, never a big buck though, <laughs> but right. I've, I've, you know, I've hit, I've hit, a, I've hit does before, not recovered them, but, mm-hmm. um, I was more so worried sick that I, that I had missed him, but I, after kind of piecing the puzzle together, hear the doe blow and then a couple minutes later you know her just walking gradually out i mean i knew something i had to have drilled him because it's just in that situation i mean i think it would have been different and would have seen him take off in a different way but the fact that he ran straight through a brush pile i mean it kind of just helped <laughs> it kind of helped me understand that a little bit better yeah. but yeah i, mean, I definitely I mi- i've missed a lot of nice bucks i'll say that right so I- so you know that side of it you experienced a heartbreak that's why it's so relatable you know when you say oh man i was just I was just a mess and I was beat up about mm-hmm. it. So I can definitely, I could definitely get on your level there. Yeah, no, it's, and, uh, I definitely was concerned at first and thankfully we, you know, we gave him some time and before right. we even go look. And so we did everything right on our part that we could have. And I, uh, we, we went there and I, I smoked him. So yeah, that's it, awesome, it man. That's, that's, and that's a, that's a hell of a shot. I mean, I can't tell yeah. you, I've been, uh, Man, I think, I think I shot my first deer with a bow when I was twelve years old. I believe it was, <laughs> and uh, actually, I don't even think I was twelve. I might have been fourteen or so. And I've never shot a deer at sixty-three yards. So to me, that's that's a hell of a poke, man. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I would do that every day. I mean, that definitely was a situational basing with him being concentrated on her and right. You know, he knew he had her locked down at that point. His head was behind a tree. And at that distance, I don't think he would hurt anything anyway. But, I mean, first, as soon as that arrow hit him, I mean, he was dead on the hoof. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. Definitely definitely don't do that if you're not confident. I mean, I, I shoot a lot at work. And, I mean, I, that still was an iffy shot for me. But um, I just relied on my equipment and, the, you know, the skill that I, you know, trained myself to do. And, you know, I made it happen. Yeah. It's, I mean archery hunting comes down to lots of practice you know if you're gonna shoot a Mm -hmm. shot like that you gotta be confident 63 yards that's a hell of a poke you know i mean i shoot a lot and i'm i'll tell you right now i i'm 40 yards i'm a 40 yard guy anything you know Mm -hmm. even then i'm like oh man you know just because i've you know we were talking about the deer heartbreak and i've witnessed it i've been part of it and it sucks man i've I'm, i'm right there with you i've missed i mean the biggest deer i've ever missed was probably 170 inches and um, yeah. that's no joke. And I shot right over its back at 25 yards. So, oh. I mean, <laughs> and it's not that I get shook it up or anything, but I hit a limb and that's just part mm-hmm. of, it's part of the game, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't mean to brag by saying right. I shot that deer 
where I wish he would have been at 20 yards and I would have just drilled him and saw him go down. But I mean, the fact that I, ha- you know, I was confident enough to be able to do that. I mean, it was what allowed me to shoot that far. I mean, honestly, I would have taken a, cl- I would have taken a chance to get him at a closer distance if I could. But like you said, it was now or never then. And yeah. I mean, with it, I have a pretty good arrow set up for what I'm running and, um, I mean, I knew that, uh, I was going to get good penetration if I hit him in the, you know, in the diaphragm without hitting any shoulder right. or any other. And so, I mean, I, I mean, I probably, I shot, I shot, shoot a small or a two inch expandable broadhead, and, but I shoot a pretty heavy arrow and I, mean, I probably got like eight or, or probably like, I would say 10 inches of penetration in the diaphragm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, sh- I cut his heart completely in half. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I mean that's definitely. Definitely one of the advantages of the expandable is, you know, having, mm-hmm. having that much, you know, that much of a hole for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I've always kind of had a habit of hitting deer back, mm-hmm. but um, so I ne- never really felt the ne- the issue to, um, you know, hit him you know, on the shoulder blade or anything. I've kind of lost more deer hitting him back, but I, uh, th- in this situation, it panned to work out. So, yeah, I'm complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to poke him in the shoulder, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I always say you go right up, follow the leg up, yeah. see where the, the elbow kind of comes out, and mm-hmm. go two inches back, and you're in the money spot. And that's what I always try to do. And right, man, yeah, that, that's what happened. I kind of hit him a little bit more forward than I wanted to, but just where I hit him at, I mean, I, I mean, he he wasn't alive for thirty seconds after he was shot. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Yeah, that's a hell of a shot. Now, so you guys are in there together. You the deer's dead, you know, you're taking your pictures, you're doing your dance, you're, you know, hollering, hooting, all that crazy stuff. Now the time comes to get the deer out. How were you guys able to drag the whole deer out? How deep were you, you know? Oh, uh, I mean, probably only like, I'd say maybe like 800 yards. Okay. So the access point that we could get them out at. But, um, we actually called in for help. My fiance's grandfather brought the deer cart down and he had labeled, he had actually had pictures of this buck before I did for two years before this. So he knew more, he had a little bit more connection to this deer. And he, I don't think he was upset whenever he saw that I got him, but he was definitely shocked, I think. Right. So. Right. But yeah, because I'm, I'm assuming this was the biggest deer that they've ever killed in that area. Oh, I'm one of them okay. for sure. Yeah. We, when we first shot him, I mean, we were like, we thought, oh, maybe he's a 130 inch deer whenever we had him pictured on trail camera, but seeing the mass that he had and, had 10 you know 10 and a half inch brow tines i mean right. we scored him at 47 inches so i mean he, he definitely was a lot bigger than what we expected him to be but right um and uh, and for our and for our state i mean you know we we don't have them behind every tree no not at all i a couple years it's probably been a couple years since i had a deer over 140 inches on camera yeah to be honest with you and this year i mean it's I had two real, I had probably a 130s deer and this deer, which we thought was in the 30s as well. But um, other than that, I mean, it's been tough to get them at it. I mean, we'll get them in that age class, you know, four or five years old. And um, it just seems like it's hit or miss to get them at that, you know, yeah. that genetic potential. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we all strive for as, as, you know, big, bigger buck hunters or whatever you want to, you know, refer to it as. But yeah, mm-hmm. in, in, I mean, in PA, you know, it's just, I, you know, I think the biggest deer I've ever shot in Pennsylvania, don't get me wrong. I, I've probably had chances at two deer bigger than it, but I think is 128 inches, hundred, you know, mm-hmm. and to me, I mean, still- right. Absolutely. I look at it all the time and I'm like, man, that's a hell of a PA deer, but you know, that's coming from somebody who also hunts other States as, as I know you do too. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like be honest with you, I mean, like, I mean, I have some good friends around me that, you know, been able to get me on some good deer and show me some good areas talk to me about some good areas and have a lot of a lot of knowledge around me to you know get me to that point but i mean there's not a whole lot of people that i know that are shooting you know 140 inch deer 130 inch deer in pennsylvania consistently on 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 public ground whether that be you know knock on door access or um state game lands or any other forms of public land that people might hunt but uh, there's not a whole lot of guys out there doing it so i mean it's good to see that people are you know, taking them every year and it seems like the state keeps on getting better and better. So hopefully in the next, you know, 10 years, we, we see even more improvement. Yeah, absolutely. No, we'll just segue right into it from that. Um, as far as your experiences in hunting Pennsylvania, and I know that you have other states that you can compare this uh-huh. to also, um, how, how do you think the PA, 
uh, game commission is doing with uh, the deer herd management and, you know, ha- having hunters have more opportunities or, you know, better opportunities at uh, better quality uh, buck. Yeah. So, I mean, like I never really got to experience it from the days before antler restrictions. Obviously I was probably too young to hunt anyway then. Um, but um, a lot of people said like, you know, for five to 10 years after the first sets of antler restrictions, it took a little bit for things to kind of set in. Um, I started hunting in 2014, 2013 fall. I had, you know, I just, I didn't really run cameras or anything that I kind of just got out after school whenever I could and kind of relied on other people to point me in the right direction. And so I really didn't know what to expect. So 2015 would be my first year that I actually scouted, purchased a couple trail cameras myself. And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you right off the bat, I got a really good buck on camera, like one of my first places I ever hunted and I actually ended up missing him um, that fall, that same fall. Uh, I was just a really tall, t- a tall rack nine pointer. And I mean, he's probably 120, 130 inches, which is, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, they, you know, it took them a lot of years to find a deer to that caliber. And, but um, I, I would say they're doing all they can for, for the class packs. I, mean, I think there's a lot of doe tags, which kind of stinks for what we have. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of hunters here. So that, you know, they're on them too. But I mean, I think they're doing it far. And I, I just wish I'd see other people who hunt as well would uh would uh follow the same management practices themselves right right to each is their own on that for sure you mm-hmm. know i mean i know lots of guys who you know they they practice uh waiting on a beggar buck or whatnot and then you also have mm-hmm. another crowd that hey you know they were raised a certain way that if you don't shoot it another guy will and that's that's pennsylvania tradition if i've ever heard it you know what i mean oh yeah oh and you said like i know we talked off off uh, off uh mike here mm-hmm. about how you in ohio indiana and some right. and so, out of some other states before and uh, i mean the the culture is different in some of those areas i'm sure there's areas where it's much the same but right. um i've hunted in areas like that as well where people say oh we don't shoot you know we, we try to shoot bigger bucks here we don't want to shoot the young bucks and right stuff like that which is you know great i mean i'm glad there's people are out hunting because we got at the end of the day we all got to work together or uh this might be something we can't do anymore and um it just comes down to the point where you know hopefully we can influence others to you know adapt to some more modern practices and you know do different things way but um, we can't sit there and hate our fellow sportsmen yeah absolutely it's it's got to be together and you know we gotta we gotta push our own agenda you know it's it's hard to get everybody together on one page when it comes to that but yeah i i I agree with you with the antler restrictions um i was able to hunt before them and i can tell you right now you wouldn't be shooting a deer you're shooting now um no yeah that's it you know not saying that they weren't out there because i i know guys that have shot them but you know now we have guys that shoot 140 inch deer on their regular which is crazy Mm -hmm. but i mean they're doing it and they're doing it on on public land so oh yeah I mean, we, I mean, we're pretty blessed with all the public pro- opportunities that we have. And now that the game commission's working with private landowners, here's some hunter access knock on door. I mean, there's the, the opportunities are endless. I mean, to say you have nowhere to hunt, I mean, that's probably pushing it that's, a little that's bit. That's pretty I asinine. Mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, there's gotta be some place for you to hunt in, yeah. in today's world here, it's, at least here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I know others are a little bit more regulated and I mean, I, I don't think from where I live here in central PA, South central PA, mm-hmm. I don't think that I can drive, and I, I mean, I know you know the area, but I don't think mm-hmm. I can drive from my house more than 10 miles and not hit a tract of some sort of public land opportunity. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, that's, it's, it's definitely a blessing in that regard. I mean, there's, now when we get into, you know, maybe Peter Fraser saying, oh, we don't have a place not, maybe you don't have a good hunt. Where I'm at here in Pennsylvania, the pressure right. offer. But there's comes different opportunities, different obstacles you've got to overcome. I mean, just part of the game. I mean, everybody has their own, you know, everybody has their own, um, you know, challenges they have to face. Some people, you know, it's, you know, the neighbor. Some people is the amount of hunting pressure you have. Some people is just the amount of deer that you have. But, um, I mean, everybody, I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, a good hunter will find a way to overcome it. And if you've got to drive an hour to go hunt or, you need to, you know, give up on one spot and hunt something new. I mean, you just got to be willing to do that. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely, it's part, that's definitely part of the hunt, you know? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. As far, I mean, I- as far as, uh, as, as hunting the public grounds, um, you, you said you were primarily a public land hunter. Um, mm-hmm. do you, do you hunt any properties where you're gaining access or, and, and if you, if you did gain access, I mean, how did, how did you go about it? Did you know somebody? Did you just cold, you know, cold call or, you know, bang on a door? Hey, buddy, you know, like to hunt your land or, or how have you gone about that? 
Yeah, so I mean, there's a couple places. I don't do that so much anymore just because there's a lot of places I'm kind of just attached to now. But um, for the most part, I mean, there was a time where I would ask different landowners, you know, I'd knock on doors pre-COVID. Nowadays, that'd probably be unacceptable. So um, I know some of my coworkers at work, they actually do mail merges and uh, get addresses off people on X and send in letters um, trying to get permission to kind of, you know, maintain that social distancing policy. And I don't think a lot of people are just freaked out about stuff right now. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the places that you might knock on doors to ask, it might be, you know, older, you know, older couples or, you know, that have farms and stuff in the area. And maybe there's not a lot of people that hunt them anymore and stuff. So, I mean, I, I, I've traditionally just knocked on doors. That's kind of how I did, but I haven't done that in a couple of years. I'll be honest with you. Um, I've just been kind of taking advantage of what public land that uh, we already blessed to have. Right. Absolutely. And like we said, we got a lot of it. Um, yeah. Well, um, let's move in a little bit more to what, what goals or things have you set for this coming year? And, and have you started, uh, have you started the, the whole process over again yet? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I haven't been home probably in the last month. I not really do any scouting or haven't been to any of the woods, any of the game lands. I really scout a lot, probably like in the last, uh, you know, month, probably actually month and a half. I only actually hunted two days in rifle season this year. Um, kind of just went out with some buddies trying to drive some deer for them. But um, I'll be honest, like, I have some cameras soaking. I got about a dozen out right now, and um, I got about another dozen or so. I want to, you know, set out whenever I get the opportunity to get back to some of the properties that I hunt. But um, yeah, I mean, I've I've been doing some. I have a couple prospects, and I'm hoping made it through the year. I'll get a little bit better of intel whenever I can check some of the non-cellular cameras that I have to, to see if they did make it through. And um, there's always a good, even if the good best deer in the area could kill it, it seems like there's always a good one that moves in. So yeah, ab- um, absolutely. I've experienced the same yeah. thing multiple times. Yeah. yeah and I'm going to kind of, I mean, I kind of want to take things differently a little bit next year. Um, I kind of want to go and hunt some new areas. There's one area that I really hunted a couple, there's one area I hunted a couple years ago. Um, that was a little bit of a, it kind of deterred me from going there. But every time I went there, I had encounters with, you know, deer. So, I mean, it was a good, a good piece of public land that we have. And, um, I, I want to focus in a little bit more. That's a bigger chunk. So I want to kind of focus in on that where I think there might be some more opportunities at bigger deer there. Um, I know the year that I hunted there, I, I missed a really, really cool looking buck. He was actually a seven pointer. He had four points on one side and, or six pointer. He's just four points on one side and two big spikes on the other side. They're about a foot long each. Right. Um, and then I, then I seen a really nice wide eight pointer, probably 23 inch wide eight pointer. He winded me, couldn't get a shot and I missed another really, really nice buck there. So, um, I had opportunities at this place and I think it could be a gold mine. I just want to learn a little bit more about it. And I think that for my 2021 goal, I think focusing in on that might be part of that, part of that plan. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely awesome to set some goals. And like you said, I mean, I, I'm the same. I let them cameras soak year around in certain spots and, Mm-hmm. it just gives me something to do. But other than that, um, are you, have you been up to anything other than that in the off season? Uh, just keeping you busy here? Yeah. I mean, just kind of been busy with work. I, I went down to Maryland one other time, um, try to get, try to hunt some does and opportunity to shoot a buck and didn't, ha- didn't make that happen. So my hunting season is pretty much over for the year. Other than that, I mean, I shoot archery leagues in the fall, I shoot like a paper league. So kind of using that to, using that to you know get myself back in that shape to shoot and trying to work on my form a little bit more this off season and i might do a couple new things i have a new bow on order so i'm gonna that's i guess that's kind of new for me and i got that and i I might switch to shooting a you know a hinge style release this upcoming fall but i mean other than that it's just kind of taking it easy and spending time with the family after (laughs) long hunting season which you know that keep us away from them. Well, yeah, and that that and it's kind of like you got to mend all the bridges that you burn during hunting season. Yep, that's <laughs> it. So, I you know, I got to make up and do other things, participate in other things that you know I might have not have been as focused on during hunting season, but I'm trying to rearrange my priorities a little bit more um and everything else for this upcoming year, so we'll right. just take it by day. Absolutely. Whenever uh we were talking earlier on the phone before we started recording there and you said that you uh you were teaching a dog how to shed hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been kind of using that as a hobby. So we got a chocolate lab in in uh, during uh, the first you know wave of quarantine. Um, he'll be a year old next month. So just now he's starting to get a little bit older. I'm gonna kind of train him to get out in the woods and take take out in the woods with me more. I, 
I always been kind of fascinated with the way people hunt with dogs and I, mean, I don't really have a lot of time to focus on, you know, waterfowl or um, hunting pheasants or anything else. So, but I love to take my dog out in the woods with me and, you know, you know, kind of engage those two times, two different times together. Uh, so I've been trying to work with them, trying to find sheds and we're, we've been a little successful on retrieves, but we just got to work on the concentration part. And I think we might get somewhere, but we got a lot of work to do yet. So I wouldn't say he's anywhere near ready, but it's good time to watch him out. He, he has fun running through, running through the woods and picking up sticks and everything else. So yeah Yeah, they're 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 great they're awesome i I know i have two here that are they're up my butt right now i'm one of them sitting here talking to you (laughs) yeah that's how this one he's been following me around nonstop. that's i guess that's the only bad part of having a pandemic puppy is they're attached to your hip from from day one so he it's hard to to let him come out of my sight because he's gonna be right up next to me absolutely um so you said you had a bow on order um what mm-hmm. what let, let us know here kind of like on what your what your setup was for for shooting that deer and what you got or, on order yeah so i'm gonna pretty, probably go with pretty much the same exact setup um I, this last year i shot matthew's vxr really loved that bow it was a great bow um just kind of wanted something different i wanted something a little bit uh i don't know i everyone kind of has you know matthew's hoyt it's kind of two big name brands in the industry i want to be different kind of want to try some other ones and being working in the hunting industry obviously had the opportunity you know take advantage and shoot a lot of different bows and test them out see what see how they're like and um i actually uh shot a, i actually shot every single bow company that's released a new bow for this fall one i actually ended up ordering a bow that was new for last year but they're continuing to make it which is the Bowtech revolt so i really like that bow i like the features that it has and um, the, uh, the deadlock cam system, I, that's really interesting to me and draw cycle was a lot better. I thought than on the bow that I have now, I mean, I really liked it, but I'm pretty much just going to transfer all my accessories over to, uh, this new bow. I got you. Um, the, only, the only thing different I went with is a limb driven rest, but, um, that's just for tuning features and being right. able to shoot arrows for different times of the year and stuff. So absolutely. I want, that's about the only thing different, really still shoot a one pin sight shoot a dead center stabilizer set up a 12 inch in the front and a 10 inch in the back i'm not sure exactly what it weighs I just have it to the point where it's balanced i'm probably gonna have to change a little bit with the weights on the new bow because the matthew's a little bit top heavier um but uh, i'll just transfer all that stuff over and um that i'll probably uh, i will probably just do that i will say this is the first time i ever purchased a camo bow too so i got this new one in off the fade which will be pretty cool always kind of all color so kind of going with the stealth mode this year and other than that man that's that's pretty much all there is to that setup kind of excited to try it out and i like trying out new bows every year and that's something i always kind of like to do so right definitely to each is their own but you know with as much as you shoot too that's definitely an option for you is to is to you know try to use a new bow every year you know a lot Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of guys the reason they say oh you know because they like that whole you know it ain't broke don't don't fix it approach yeah so but I, I can definitely understand. I'm shooting that uh, Triax I, I bought a couple years ago, and it's nice, and I really like it. But I'll be honest, is I actually might go back to a Z7 Extreme. Mm-hmm. I just I really like that bow, and and I also had a Bowtech, and I I really like that bow too. But I I just I've had you know I've made some good shots with with the bow I have now, and then also you know I I've I've made some not so good shots too and it's not that yep. i don't have confidence in it it's just i feel like i have more confidence in that z7 where where uh i i was shooting in leagues at the time so it was a little different i don't really shoot in leagues anymore but i knew that mm-hmm. you know i could hit you know give me three three arrows and we're shooting and i'm gonna take your knock you know what i mean oh yeah definitely that's um uh, <clears throat> that's like uh i don't know i kind of always just felt at one point i i kind of been through phases i mean but you know, kind of wanted to get whatever we was getting, kind of wanted to get a faster bow, things of that nature. I, nowadays, I'm just looking to see what I shoot best with, and I I just went through, and I was just completely unbiased this year. I tried them all out, and the thing that's nice is if you don't, if you buy a new bow every year, you can make a decent amount of your money back, you know, the following year. If you wait two or three years, you're probably going to take about, a, you know, a 40 to 50 percent you know, depreciation loss on them just because, you know, once you buy, once you buy a new bow, Two years goes by, there's something completely different out there. You're only selling that new thousand dollar bow for maybe six hundred bucks. Uh, you know, as far as you know, if you buy a new one every year, you have a chance to sell that for 
you know, 800, $850, depending on, um, depending on how hot that boat was, if it was, you know, you know, a sought after model. I mean, you just have that opportunity, which is nice. So you don't take too big of a hit on them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, if you get rid of them quick, you know, you can kind of keep your money, but if you don't, then you're in trouble. I know that. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to jump into this here. If, if, uh, if you had to choose three items, just three things to take into woods with you on an archery hunting trip, what would, what would those three be? And they don't need to be in any order. Just, uh, what do you think that you'd have to have for, for a, for a hunting trip or just a, you know, a season? Yeah, definitely. Just aside from weapon. Yeah. Aside from, aside from what you're going to, you know, kill with. Yeah, definitely. So I would say obviously my tree saddle setups just because that allows me to be mobile. I'm not really that confident to hunt on the ground yet. Okay. Um, but I, I would say the tree saddle setup is definitely one thing I'm going to be. Taking. Another thing would be, um, set um, cause I can help, help you come around. If you're hunting west and you've got a glass up better, be a different maker there. And, uh, thirdly, honestly on x hunt i mean that's that's one highly underestimated tool that a lot of people don't use uh you know i had no affiliation with them whatsoever but if i didn't know places that i could hunt or property that i could access i mean i'd be clueless i mean you waste a lot of time driving around trying to find public land especially especially if you hunt out west i mean i mean you you know the land is so vast out there and i mean you might have to travel you know an hour or two hours just to get to the nearest public ground depending on what you're at and um, honestly, that's been a great tool for me. And I mean, I, I use, I'll be honest, I use a lot of different other apps as well. Hunt stand and, you know, weather underground stuff, but nature, but anything that can help tell you where there's hunter access or available access. I mean, that's, you know, that's one tool that you should definitely have in your pocket, especially for $30 a year. I mean, you, I mean, you really can't beat that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I understand. Um, so if you, if you think that you had the opportunity to move to another state, and you know live there or whatnot would do you think that you'd leave pennsylvania or do you, you think that you, you you'd like you like it here enough that you'd want to stay forever uh i mean i i think that just because i like I, i'll be honest with you i i'm not a big fan of hunting turkeys or anything just because i've had some <laughs> had a really rough time hunting them i have probably the worst luck ever hunting them <laughs> okay i can't really say so the only thing i really hunt here in pennsylvania is deer um i don't trap or anything okay. so i mean that's something i i look forward to doing so i mean i would say if i had the opportunity and you know i wasn't attached to wanting to see my family and have my kids grow up one day into in the you know similar area to what i did i mean i'd probably move out west to be honest with you just for the hunting opportunities um probably to wyoming or nebraska nebraska is a pretty cool state it has um you know you can hunt antelope mule deer white-tailed deer um so you kind of get you know a good aspect of everything you can actually draw to hunt elk there now which is cool yeah um Wyoming's a cool state too because you got a little bit of everything. You got, you know, obviously black bears, uh, antelope, whitetail, mule deer, elk. Um, so I mean that's a cool state also. But um, I mean I would say one of those two states would definitely be cool. Um, I, I am a little bit jealous of seeing some of these guys in Iowa getting on all these time and seeing all the amount of deer they have there and being able to shoot three bucks a year. So that's that's definitely cool too. But I think once you you know your standard of seeing all those big bucks all the time happens i think it could get boring quickly so having a little bit more diverse game would be something i'd be looking forward to now i definitely definitely understand um i see them guys shooting them big deer and like you said i mean around here you know we shoot you know our 140 150 inch deer to them you know that's their 180 190 inch deer is what it kind of comes down to but at the same time you know we got the hunting pressure there's no two ways about it that's that's a big part of the game around here and if if you, you know, shit or get off the pot here. If you can't handle it, you know, stay out of the kitchen. Yeah, that's it. I mean, honestly, if you have the amount of hunters that we do, and, you know, I mean, we have a great amount of public land, but, I mean, just with the amount of hunters and the amount of gun hunters that we have, I mean, it definitely does hurt the deer. It's great there's people out, but, I mean, you, there's no lying that that's where most of your deer are killed every year. I mean, so, I mean, that that's just a thing. So, I mean, that's one disadvantage that we have, but. I mean, at the same time, you know, we have, you know, a lot of hunters to make sure our tradition can, you know, happen one day for our kids and, you know, their kids to, you know, enjoy. Absolutely. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you a word for, uh, one of my buddies called me this one time and I, I do hunt a lot of, you know, when I can, I like to try to hunt small game and such, but I get into such, you know, the, such the deer mode or whatnot. 
that my buddy said to me one day. He said, "You know, you're real whitetail snobby." Did you ever know that? I said, "Yeah, yeah." I said, "That's that's that's a good point, man. Yeah, whitetail snobby. That's a that's a real good example." So, but yeah, you you know, you're saying you didn't hunt any turkey. You didn't hunt really, you know, anything else other than than deer and PA and. That'll, that'll be a word you can use, but I fully understand. I mean, it, it really consumes you and it takes about all your time and, and it doesn't help that the seasons, you know, overlap. And I, I think it was this year that they just started doing the early squirrel. Cause we actually mm-hmm. used to go out to Ohio for early season and the beginning of September, because they, uh, they had an early squirrel season to come in the first week of September. So we'd do, do our scouting and all that. And then we'd, you know, killing fox squirrel and gray squirrel and all that stuff. And, where we hunt out there, there's just there's so many of them. It's it's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably would get more into hunting other species, but I just with the amount of time that I get to do it, and I mean, obviously, it's hard being away, you know, all throughout the year. You know, you're already gone, you know, every weekend from you know September to you know January. I mean, that's pretty hard already to do that. I mean, I don't have any kids or anything yet, but obviously, it's uh, definitely challenging to do that still. And, I mean, you can't do it's just you got to pick and choose your battles sometimes it's Absolutely. tough to do that yep. you know in the summer and you know then you go do it you know once again there in the spring i mean i just kind of just choose my battles a lot of these, these days and yep i mean well it, that is if you want to come come home to to still having a woman there yep no yeah definitely there's you got to find a balance right. i'll be honest with you i'm not very good at finding that balance mm-hmm. I'm, i haven't i'm still learning what right. i can get away but um certainly it's uh something i've been better at the last couple of years i will say but yeah. i think that that comes with time whenever you're forced into finding that yeah. balance you know oh yeah and i mean it's better too whenever you come home with something because if you're using all your time and you're not successful that it definitely can cause some more issues <laughs> that's the truth man that's the truth now sure. um you guys are you guys big on on eating venison then um I, my fiance She'll dabble around with it, but I don't think she really likes it. Okay. But I, I, I kill it, man. I, I, I eat all of it. And right. I mean, I probably make, you know, I'll be honest, like 60, 70 pounds of snack sticks a year if I have that meat for it. And um, I eat them all. I, sh- I definitely share some, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm big on I, I like it a lot. And, you know, obviously, you know, don't just make snack sticks and everything else eats, you know. Right. I got you. you know, um, else. Now, is that something that you do also? Do you, do you, uh, process the whole animal too or is, is is it a friend or do you take it somewhere yep no we we do it all ourselves um i kind of grew up thankfully i grew up on that too and never thought to have to take it somewhere so we do all the butchering ourselves and processing and i have all the stuff to kind of make the specialty things as well so i mean it definitely saves you money in the long run it's an initial investment but yeah um it's as as, gives you as well as it adds a lot more pride to it Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know exactly exactly where your meat's coming from at that point. Absolutely. And, you know, compared it to you know what you did, and I mean, I like it. I mean, it's it's definitely gives me another aspect. It can definitely be a pain, you know. You know, whenever obviously there's some long nights doing it and everything else, but um, I, I certainly enjoy it. Absolutely. Um, now we were saying, you know, it's kind of hard to try to fit in any other hunting during the concurrent, you know bow season going into gun season or whatnot when you're hunting whitetails um what do you think about the sunday hunting here in pennsylvania is that something you'd like to see something you'd law before or is that something that you're already cool with uh just taking the day off no i mean i i honestly as a working class man i mean i'd love to have that opportunity i mean it definitely gives you a different gives you give gives you mixed feelings with with the fact that you know there's you know people pushing and doing deer drives on sundays and everything else it gives them an the deer actually have an extra day to be hunted as well but i mean when you think about it in a less selfish perspective i mean it, it is good because there's a lot of people who can't you know hunt or work saturdays and can't make it out you know to hunt at all or maybe just a limited amount of time so that extra day to hunt especially for people who are in the working class um i think that uh if you know if you want if you want to go out and hunt you get that opportunity if you don't want to hunt then good you can stay at home as well i mean you're not forced to do anything absolutely i, mean, I, I think it's only good for all of us to think more like-minded and um, be a little bit uh, more open to new practices and Sunday hunting is the next best thing that we can do in this state. Right, right. I'd have to agree fully and especially with how much money and revenue I think that it would generate with uh, non-resident license because, you know, all these other states you go to, you pretty much can hunt, you know, you leave after work on Friday, you hunt Saturday, Sunday, you come home Sunday night. 
Oh yeah. And I mean, like we're, lo- I mean, I hate to say it like this, but the average age of a Pennsylvania hunter gets older every year. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, and so we need to think about more, you know, where these younger kids can get more opportunity. And, you know, obviously with Saturdays, kids being involved with sports, right. things else working, things of that nature. I mean, that extra day gives, gives them an extra opportunity to get out and whether they get the chance to do it or not. I mean, that could be the deciding factor if someone stays interested and wants to pursue it long term. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, hopefully we can spread spread the way that we feel to more people to, you know, try to get it pushed through. And, and like you said, you know, if you don't want to hunt on Sundays, you know, don't, but don't take it away from, from the working man or, or the guy who's taking his kid to play football on Saturday and wants to take mm-hmm. him hunting on Sunday. Absolutely. And I mean, as long as you're doing things the right way and the legal way, why not? Right. Absolutely. I know a lot of people are stuck in their ways and they think that, uh, you know, obviously that's that day is dedicated to religion and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want to spend your time like that, that, you know, go for it. But if someone wants to take away and go hunt, I mean, you can do, it's like the one blue law in Pennsylvania. doesn't make sense anymore. Um, and, uh, it's kind of frustrating in that regard, but I mean, all we can do is try to get better every year and write to your local legislators and different, different communities and, um, you know, try to spread awareness. Absolutely. Now, um, before, before I let you go, man, is there anything in Pennsylvania in particular you'd like to see change, whether it be game laws or, um, just any ideas that you had that, that you want to bring up and kind of spread the word about? Um, really, I mean, I think as far as the other thing that really concerns me, I think one thing that would be really nice is the ability to hunt on Sundays and, um, I think that's one big, I think that's the next big change that us as sportsmen need to work together on and, right. uh, and, and act together with. So, I mean, I, that's the, that's what I would say is the next thing I'd like to see. And I think that would open a lot of doors for, you know, young people and people who may have never hunted before and dabble with the idea to, to get involved. Yeah, absolutely, man. I couldn't agree anymore. And, um, is there, is there anything that you, you know, that you got any trips or anything planned this year? Uh, are you doing, are you doing any out of state hunting or anything like that? Uh, and also just kind of put yourself out there. Let us know where we can find you on any social media or anything like that, uh, before we let you go. Definitely. So it'll be pretty tough this year to kind of swing getting out of state. I'm getting married in August. Um, you know, you're part of, you're going to be, you know, doing, doing, uh, our DJ services there. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, but, um, it's going to be tough, you know, it's going to burn five vacation days. That's half my time off already, which is good. Which is fine. I mean, it's for a good reason. And I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta take, you know, win some, you lose some and just gotta make the time that I do have off, you know, count, but, um, I'll probably get down to Maryland, hunt down our early season. I would say, mm-hmm. um, my cousin also picked up a property to hunt in Indiana yeah. state. So that might be something on the plan for this year too, but, um, nothing set in stone yet. It kind of just got to. Take it by year and see how uh, see how COVID affects the rest of this year. Yeah. That will better idea once we get closer to get closer to fall. Yeah, um, had enough of the COVID. Also, um, I feel you on that one, brother. Um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, it just gets something gets put in place or whatever. Because I hope it doesn't affect your wedding. And also, I'm I'm also getting married not long after you, so hopefully, it doesn't affect yeah. mine either. Yeah, and there's a lot of planning to be done in that time, and I don't want to see it get pushed back any longer and yeah. everything else. But, yeah, I mean, if anybody's interested, in, I mean, I, I do post a little bit on Instagram. I mean, I used to do uh, outdoor media groups in the past, and I've been dabbling around with starting my own little little thing. But, I mean, nothing's set in stone on that yet. But you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my username is just C underscore Shable. Um, I'm posting pictures, mostly of my dog, but um, there's some other stuff with hunting there. I like to keep a lot of stuff private and protect some of the stuff that took me a couple of years to find. So I don't post a whole lot in that regard there. Right. But um, find me there. I'm on Facebook, just Colin Shable. Um, that's your, you know, uses your outlet. And you want to look at me there. You can find me there. And uh, I sometimes make some TikToks of my dog too. So <laughs> there as well. But other than that, I'm, I'm not too, not too much active other than that. And uh, do you want to promote the, uh, the workplace before you go? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I work in, obviously uh, I'm not sure. I, we work, the work that I primarily do is with, uh, I, I, I'm a wholesale, I'm a wholesaler. So we sell to, uh, just dealers. Um, so we, they, you know, obviously they purchase off us. So we don't sell directly to consumers, but, um, all I can say is, you know, get out there and support your local, you know, your local archery shop, uh, might be supporting us there in the long run as well with the way they're getting products. So, um, definitely check them out. And, uh, those can be some of the, the best people to work with rather than, you know, going to, 
you know, a mass merchant or going to a, you know, purchasing online, I mean, support, support small businesses because in the end of the day, it's going to help you out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I will get you posted up on the uh, Keystone Chronicles page on Instagram and I'll tag you in there and you can put uh, whatever pictures uh, you want up on there and hopefully we can have you on again here sometime soon. Oh, absolutely, man. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely, brother. Uh, God bless and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Have a good one. All right. All right, that's a wrap for another week's episode of the Keystone Chronicles. Guys, please go give Colin a follow on Instagram and also follow The Journey Outdoors. If you guys enjoy this podcast, do me a huge solid, if you would, please, and subscribe and rate on whatever platform you're listening to. I hope you guys enjoy, and until next time, God bless.